And I needed to be alone with myself to confront myself, to really know my ethical integrity, my inner sense and my inner wisdom of how I wanted to show up. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationships. Let's talk about it. And in this episode, Heart Share, the practice of being alone with yourself to better your relationships. Mm-hmm, it's a juicy one. And again, by the way, when it says Heart Share on the title, that's a solo cast. And man, there is so much to say about the benefits of cultivating a relationship with yourself to feel comfortable with yourself so that you can be comfortable with others. To be comfortable going inward in yourself and not feel lonely when you're alone. And I'm gonna talk a lot about the differences of those. But before I talk more about it, I do wanna get in a plug for my workshop that I'm doing. I am really excited about doing this workshop, The Power of Appreciation, The Key to a Deeper Connection. And it's a live Zoom workshop for couples. And I'm going to be doing it on Sunday, October 24th and Saturday, November 6th. Those times are from 1 to 5 p.m. And you can choose either date. So there's two options for dates. And like I said, folks, before, this is my bread and butter. I love doing the Power of Appreciation workshop. It has been the key to my relationship to my wife in the 26 years that we've been together and also the work that I do as a counselor to emphasize creating connection through appreciation so that you can communicate better, so that you can solve challenging conflicts and connect and be in the realm of appreciation instead of criticism or lack or looking and scanning for what's wrong in the relationship. This is so, so important, folks, to be able to create this in your life and your relationship and and go on the path of mastering it. So come on and join me for that workshop. You can go to my website, prepo.com, click Relationships, Let's Learn About a page and the online workshop. Also, a pop-up comes up about the workshop and you can get more information and register. I would love to see you live. And I want to give a shout out to my podcast listeners in Australia. Man, it is insane what's going on down under. I've been watching video images for the last month or so. It is crazy. So for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and dig in and check it out. Liberties and freedoms are being taken away. People should not be treated the way that they are. This is basic human liberties and freedoms and rights. Stay strong, Australia. Hold the line. Yes, power to the people. Power to the people. I had to speak up to that. Sending love to you all.
All right, so here we go. Talking about aloneness, the practice of aloneness, the practice of being alone with yourself to better your relationships. Let's talk about it. You know, I also heard the art of aloneness. And to me, it's, a, it's an art. It's definitely an art, but it's also a, it's practicing that art. Like we have a meditation, a yoga practice, it never ends. So the practice of being alone with yourself, it's never going to end. <laughs> well, it could end, right? When we die, but we go beyond of uh, an experience that I have no freaking idea what it is. I don't know if we're going to be alone, but I think we're going to be alone in that moment, uh, being with ourselves, leaving our bodies. So we might as well get really good at that practice. And I think that when, when I'm alone with myself, and I'll talk about the different ways that, that I do that, when I'm truly alone and comfortable with myself, there's a deep wisdom that I experience, a wisdom of, that comes from myself, of knowing myself and making sense of the world around me through that inward, that journey inward, to feel who the heck is home. And a lot of people are afraid to dive into that because we have to go through those voices, especially those critical voices, those self-criticisms, the inner critic as we call it, the one that's the taskmaster that is constantly telling us that we're wrong or we're bad or we're not good enough. You have to go through that exploration and yes, you will hear that. And the chatter hopefully through the practice is gonna get a lower volume and smaller and smaller. But that's also the incredible exploration of that, right? To be with yourself, anybody that meditates and know to sit still with yourself and you think you're gonna just focus on something, you're gonna be very mindful. And then all of a sudden, you know, in, in nanoseconds, we're just going off in these wild thoughts and fantasies and we gotta reel ourselves back in. But if we can also be curious of what that is and where we go to try to understand ourselves too, but not get too caught up in going with that because that's also in a practice of being alone is having the discernment, like the, the in, internal ethics around how to be with those thoughts. What thoughts do we really want to entertain? What thoughts do we want to also focus on? Because as we're doing an assessment of ourselves, that's how it's going to really help us in our relationships. Because we can get in touch with our inner feelings. And if we know our inner feelings, if we get comfortable with our inner feelings, we can also be good at really expressing our inner feelings to others. It's also this state of, of being aware that you are just yourself, in yourself, a relationship with yourself. I remember one of the first times that I had that awareness. I don't know, maybe I was like five, six years old, and I was outside and I was playing sports by myself, something with a ball, and I would get really into it. And then I remember I would just quickly just lay down on, on the grass and I would look up at the sky and I would be watching the clouds. And all of a sudden, there was an awareness that I was, I was looking at the clouds. And I was just experiencing just me looking. I remember that really vividly. And I would do that 
more and more often when I played outside. I would remember to plop on the grass and look up to get a sense of more of me. And then I started hearing more of me. And I started feeling the sensing of more of me. I know that might sound a little esoteric, but that's, that's the part of the practice too, is to feel the sensations of you, you know? I know when I'm able to feel myself in my body and the sensations of my body, I am me. I am this, I can feel myself inside of myself. And there's an aloneness. Nobody else is doing that with me. I'm not focusing on anybody else. I'm focusing on me. And what are my sensations? How do I uh, connect or respond to the world around me? That's the advantage of being alone with yourself so that you can cultivate that awareness. So then when you're with another person and some hijack comes and you get triggered, that's a self-soothing technique to come back. Come back in the sensations of your body because then you'll remember you. You remember the essence of you and a stillness. Then you can decide to respond to the next expression that you want to do, the next behavior that you want to do. So again, being in your own company and being okay, that's the place that you, again, find yourself. If you feel lonely in those places or the difference to me between being lonely and being alone, I just think that when I'm lonely, I'm yearning or striving. I want to be with somebody else. I need that connection to feel whole or I miss someone or I miss that connection and I feel a loneliness inside. That's different than feeling alone. Alone for me is feeling good inside myself. I like just being in my own experience of myself. Not that I'm missing out of connection with something or somebody else. Like being curious of yourself, like entertaining yourself with, with the awareness of your thoughts and getting to the place of enjoyment. But a lot of times it's not enjoyable. Of course not being with yourself when we have stress and we have conflict and we're just reacting and we're not liking ourselves or our situation or our life. But then practicing and going back into, inside yourself in aloneness, no phone, no music, no computer, just being with yourself, breathing. Whether you close your eyes or look out, but you're in your own thoughts. You're not letting all this external stimulus uh, motivate your next story that you're putting on. And many people do that well. My wife spends, she's a really good practicer, <laughs> practitioner of aloneness. A lot of times she does that with art and people that are artists, they, they do that. They spend a lot of time in their creativity alone, even though it's focused on something, whether it is music or writing or art, there is a sense of needing to be in one's aloneness to let that creativity and that inner voice come out. So she's very, very comfortable uh, being alone. And that's an inspiration. And one of the inspirations also, I wanted to do a podcast on aloneness because of a lot of things I see in my practice too, and of course in my own life. 
but also some inspiration came from a podcast that I listened to a, a little bit ago, Krista uh, Tippett's On Being, and the podcast was with Stephen Batchelor. It was called Finding Ease in Aloneness. And they talk about the art of being alone because it's, it's going to be your art, how you decide and the ways that you're alone, you do it, you create it. And the art form to it is finding what fits and experimenting. And it's not just following the steps in a book. It's got to come from you. So it is an art. And then you practice it and it becomes your practice. Like I said, appreciation is my practice. I want to cultivate it and have it in my life. And so I practice it as often as I can, make it in a part of my life. And yes, it, it's hard to do in our everyday lives of work, of kids and children. I know it is, I know. I was fortunate enough to, uh, about 26 years ago that I stayed uh, at a Buddhist monastery in California to do practice periods. And there was incredible focus of being aloneness, sitting in meditation with sashins that were, you know, 11, 12, 13 hour sittings. And it wasn't all at one time. You usually sit for like 50 minutes, then you do a little walk for 10 minutes, and then you come back and you sit again. But those sashins, those of you that have done sashins, it's, it's an it's a art of being alone, isn't it? And people also have done like Vipassana meditations, 10-day Vipassana meditations where you're meditating 10, 12 hours a day. You are with yourself. And yes, that's a wonderful environment because people are focused on that. For me, it wasn't um, outside of the silent meditations. We also had insights and trainings and lectures about the inner world and how to thrive in inwardness and be comfortable in it. So I wanted to dive more into it and that's why uh, 26 years ago I wanted to have that experience and from that gave me more of a foundation of understanding by understanding being alone with myself and my thoughts. And I remember coming out of that retreat and I came back to Esalen and I felt so authentic and at ease with myself, the quality of my relationships really shifted on another level. And they, they uh, since I like had that experience, I've had other experiences that went deeper, but that like, that, that was a chip that was installed in me after that. I didn't want to go back. And as many of you know, that when you are authentic inside yourself, and then when you're in the presence of others, that you really don't care about their perception of you or what you're thinking. You're just comfortable in the interaction and expressing and showing yourself. It's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. And in those moments when we're alone, we're responsible for so many things. One is we're really responsible for our choices. We see that more. And I know that when... I'm able to really embody that, whoa, I'm the manager of my, my life. I influence it. There's this thing going on that is prepo that I really manage my life. I can manage the thoughts that come in. I can have discernment and I can make what I call micro choices. Micro choices are in those split moments that I know 
where's my choice? I have several choices. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes we just go with the impulse. But there's split little micro moments where we make these micro choices. Lately, when my wife calls for me to help her because she's been having some physical challenges in her body, that when she calls me for help or in the middle of the night when she says my name in order to help her go to the bathroom, it's that moment right there that I know that I can feel like, shit, oh man, I was just sleeping really well. That one moment instead to not go there and now to actually condition myself to just get up in service. It's been, that's been a wonderful shift. And I spent time in my, my solitude, my time with myself contemplating of how I want to make those micro choices. Because some months ago, I was making really shitty micro choices around that. I didn't have the, the kindness or the compassion that I wanted to have. And I needed to be alone with myself to confront myself, to really know my ethical integrity, my inner sense and my inner wisdom of how I wanted to show up. And I will just put out to you, we need to spend those times in the moments of ourself and the reflection of ourself. And yes, we have to make that. Whatever that is, however you do it, that's your art. Whether it's through meditation, it's a walk outside, it's just a moment that you sit still and you breathe, you're outside, you look up at those clouds, and it doesn't take a long time to do this. You can find moments of that. Actually, I would highly recommend that you just do more moments of it. Find small moments to just breathe, feel yourself, the sensations in your body, and just be inside yourself. And again, many people have difficulty do it because it feels really uncomfortable to spend our time with ourself and aloneness because we're not comfortable with ourselves, Or we're going to feel the loneliness of it because maybe in some past aspects, spending time with alone, being alone connected us with a breakup or an abandonment issue, hurts. So when we're alone, we've spent time in hurts and sadness and loss, and that could remind us of that. So it could be really difficult to spend some of those alone moments because that can conjure that up. Be with it. Be curious about it. Understand it. Get comfortable with that uncomfortableness. That was your experience. But if you stay with the inside yourself in the moment and be mindful of the present, that is, that's who you are now, not those experiences in the past. Try to experience yourself more in the moment so then you could be able to respond more in the moments to your life and the people around you. You know, on that podcast of Krista Tippetts that I was telling you about, she, she mentioned and she quoted the poet Rilke that he wrote, and I love this, a good marriage is one that appoints the other one to be the guardian of their solitude, and thus they show each other the greatest possible trust. Man, how would it be to be in a relationship that that's an agreement? that you each appointed each other, the guardian, like the sacred guardian, like you're guarding each other's uh, solitude because you know how important your partner is to 
experience themselves in aloneness and solitude because that's who they become more of themselves, find themselves, their authentic self. That's what true, you want that, that love to come to that person through themselves. That's so beautiful. And you know that it comes and brings into the relationship. So that's the kind of like the deal, the bargain, that you're doing it for each other. What, that could be how you show up with when one of you wants and needs to spend alone time. That the other person goes, I got it. I got you. What do you need me to do? You need me to take the kids here, make the dinner, do that. Go. Go for that walk. Go spend time in, in that room alone with yourself or go out on the porch. I got it. I'll take care of that. Because you trust that other person does that also for you. And besides whether you trust that they do it for you or not, it's, it's wonderful to be able to give that gift, to be that guardian. But that together cultivate a beautiful trust between a couple. That's beautiful. I know you want to rewind that and hear that again. So I'm going I'm to actually say that again. A good marriage is one that appoints the other one to be the guardian of their solitude. And thus, they show each other the greatest possible trust. Don't be envious of your partner's time alone. Don't be jealous. Don't be resentful. That's not going to get you the connection and the feeling inside of yourself that you want to cultivate. And I know that shows up, but don't feed that. And now I know I'm hearing... You know, some of my couples say, yeah, but when I do that, they really take advantage of it. Or it's imbalanced. It's not balanced. I don't get as much of that guardianship as they do. Well, great. Then talk about it. Talk about it more. Be understood. Connect more about it. If that's a conflict, it's there to be understood. So work it. That's right. Work it. But it's an important element of your relationship. And as parents... That's in a very important relationship to your child to also guard their aloneness and their solitude so that they can find out who they are at a young age. What a gift that is. Because if we don't teach our children how to be alone, then they're probably going to grow up being lonely. And they'll understand more loneliness than how to be comfortable and authentic by being alone. And when they see you protect and cultivate and practice your aloneness, that's going to be an inspiration for them. And because they're going to see the benefits of how you are towards them from you spending time in your solitude. They won't see it as a negative aspect because some people, when they spend time alone, they ferment in their frustration or their anger and they come back with that energy. They don't, they don't come back renewed and purged and empty the cup and filling it up with the aspects of their inner wisdom. I don't know, folks, I'm on it. I feel like I'm, I'm saying it tonight as I'm feeling it. I've been spending some time alone in the last few days to feel the aspect of, of the power of aloneness, the wisdom of aloneness, so I can actually speak to it. So I hope you're feeling it through my words. I hope, I hope you're getting it through the resonance of also what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. And I think we need to constantly cultivate it in, in different times throughout our lives. Sometimes we might need to take a longer, let's say, alone solitude retreat 
I think that's so important. Again, couples can negotiate and they can create environments to support each other to do that. But I think you should take a advantage and chance that you can. I know it's challenging to travel nowadays, but I remember when I was 28 years old, I took a year off. I quit my corporate job, took a year off, and I bought a round-the-world ticket. I was traveling alone through Europe, through the Middle East and Asia. And those of you that have traveled alone, it's, it's an interesting experience. Really being alone with yourself at times, whether there's nobody around, nature and fields or beaches, or also being alone in the city, a foreign city, cities that you, countries that you can't speak the language and so forth. There's a certain aloneness, eating with yourself in solitude and sleeping uh, with yourself in, in solitude. And that experience also gave me a certain foundation of creating more of the comfortableness about being alone with myself. And I think that's what also attracted my wife and I to each other because she did that also in her life and traveled extensively also alone. So we knew how important it was for each other that each of us got to do that and wanted that in part of our lives. So we really became uh, unconsciously in some way the guardians of our solitude because from our past experiences that we can understand that in each other. It's some rain right here. I'm going to pause. Okay, I'm back. I took a little bit of pause because it was raining. It started raining hard. And I take pride in my audio. And I don't want to give my boy Matt a more hard time than I give him with my edits. But when I was uh, taking a break, I went downstairs and I was talking to my wife and telling her a little bit what I was talking about, about uh, aloneness being comfortable with being alone. And she said to me, hey, what about my Rilke poem that I have on my teacup? And so I went over and looked at it and it says, I wanna be with those who know secret things or else alone. Yeah, interesting things to explore with other people spending time with people that know, that's in the know and have secret things or otherwise, I'm gonna be alone because that's where it's at too. So thanks my love for reminding me of, the, of that poem. And also we, we talked at the break about, she wanted me to mention how, for instance, she gave me some alone time before I did the podcast. She knew I wanted to kind of focus on the energy of it and, and the focus of being within myself. And so she just said that she was gonna go for a walk and she walked the road and was gone for about a half hour or so. And I'm so glad that she's getting out and walking and feeling a little bit better. I'm so grateful for that. But remember in your relationships, whether it's in partnership or in friendship, as a parent, even in work, when we're spending time within ourselves and we're spending and we're okay with our aloneness, that's how we can show up for other people. And it will show in all of those relationships, being more comfortable with yourself, being more authentic, 
And those relationships will be thriving and come alive more because we're bringing more sense of ourself to the relationship. And I was also mentioning to my wife that, you know, I was talking about visualizations that I also, when I'm alone, if I'm doing something in my mind that I want to cultivate a sense of myself, like an internal exercise, I do visualizations. And I've talked about a lot in my podcast before, and I'm going to actually do a whole podcast on visualizations of really seeing ourselves respond and behave in ways that we want to show up in our relationship, not ways that we did before, that we got triggered and we reacted. And I was curious about, I give that exercise of those individual exercises to a lot of clients. And to them, they say that it makes sense. And then I check in with them and ask them, so how it's coming along? And most people, they don't do it. And I was kind of baffled by that of, am I giving the right instruction? Am I motivating? But what I realized about thinking about this podcast is a lot of people don't even do those exercises because they're not spending even time alone. They're not doing that because they're not even spending time alone or their alone time is so precious that they're doing other things too. Because this does take, the visualization takes the time to be alone. And most people that aren't doing it, I know that they're doers and they're really busy. So I wanna put that out to you. If you are thinking about doing visualizations and seeing yourself walk in the world in the way that you want, you've gotta spend time within yourself in solitude to see yourself do that. Just like I gave that example about me doing visualizations of how I want to respond when my wife wakes me up in the middle of the night to help her out. I want to see myself and I see myself be kind and respond more with love. I'm happy with myself about that, folks. I'm going to give myself some kudos about that. It ain't easy getting waking up every night, two, three times a night. And, uh, and be kind about it. <laughs> that's, I'm glad I'm doing that. That's a, that's a high stake for me to, to be. So good on you, Prepo. All right. See, that's my self-appreciation part that I just put in. So remember, being alone is very different than being lonely. There are lonely people out there. I see, I know, I see people. I know people that are in my office that express their loneliness. I know what loneliness is and I see it, right? All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? Ah, look at all the lonely people. Do, 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 do. Ah, look at all the lonely people. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, Eleanor Rigby, Beatles. Thank you, Beatles, for that. I really feel it is the greatest gift to be yourself. It is. The greatest gift is to be yourself. So be at home with yourself so you can be at home with others. And this is an interesting way for me to be alone and be with others is to feel and talk about the cultivation and practice of aloneness while I'm talking to all of you, even though you're not 
here with me. I'm envisioning you listening to me, and I'm so grateful that you are and that we're sharing this experience. We're in relationship, you and I, we're in relationship, and I feel that. So thank you. Thank you deeply. Okay, folks. So I'm going to do something different. I'm going to mix it up a little bit. And there's actually not going to be an outro in this one. I want you to hear, if you feel for it, hear more of my theme music by Adi the Monk. It's called These Streets. I love my theme music. I met Adi maybe about five years ago when he was playing on the streets. And we really hit it off when I would see him and we would talk and uh, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful relationship when I would see him play. And then when I did my podcast, I contacted him and asked him, hey man, that song that I love, These Streets, are you willing to let me have that as my theme song for my podcast? And he was so kind and he was so honored and he's allowing me to use his music. So thank you, my man, Adi. I so appreciate it. So enjoy a little bit longer of my music and if you stay on you can then hear my wife's beautiful voice at the end (laughs) okay everybody Mm -hmm. i hope you make yourselves an absolute beautiful day Relationships, Let's Talk About It, is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice.